the stepping of this man, Luke Johan. Bounce off from McNulty, and away he goes! Harry McNulty! Knight gets away, Knight up to the 22, he won't be caught! Uh, welcome back to the podcast, episode 13. Once again, the ever-present Luke Trahan joining me. Harry is recovering over in LA. Uh, how are we doing, Doctor? Yeah, I'm very well, thank you. Had a good week, good weekend. Tried to watch as much of the Sevens as possible, but also had my parents out in Hong Kong, so obviously spending quite a bit of time with them. Um, but yeah, doing good. How, how about yourself? Yeah, ticking along, mate. Recovering from Kilimanjaro. Chester still uh, struggling, but being back out. Bit of sunshine here in Wales, so en- enjoying that. Uh, how was your... You had a ball, didn't you? Uh, a dinner. How was that? Yeah, it was good. It was a Welsh Society ball, so that was quite nice for my parents to be out for that. I think it's quite a unique thing to Hong Kong these days of like getting dressed up in black tie and going to... Like, there's the the societies do it, but also the rugby clubs. They, there's often two or three of them that happen each year um so that was nice for my parents to be in town for that um had to go up on a panel with a couple of other welsh rugby players ex rugby players now coaches uh, paul john and lewis evans uh, and then it was uh, mc hosted by one of our good mates tommy isaac who is uh very funny put plenty of prep into kind of the jokes for everyone and he just kept kind of the pace of the evening going really well so that was good crack and then we stayed up to watch the wales island game and then uh, off to an island uh, for a walk and a meal which was also quite a cool thing to do in Hong Kong so all in all a good weekend uh, my parents loved the whole week that they were there so yeah no it's uh, it was brilliant thank you what you get up to this weekend nice that Isaacs took time away from his taxi business to uh, MC <laughs> that event any jokes in particular stand out uh, did anyone was anyone the butt of his jokes did he did he go too far uh, no, I don't think he went too far. I think he picked his targets quite well. So I was the butt of one of them. Uh, so one of the old presidents uh, who's quite well known around Hong Kong as well. He's uh, also a bald man. Um, and there's been plenty of photos where I've either been compared to him as his son or I'm his uh, body double as well. So it was a bit of low hanging fruit for Isaacs on that one. And did your parents manage to sign a contract to join the Welsh Mafia? Uh, how long till they come out? They haven't yet, no. But I do think if my two two sisters come out to join the Tafia, the parents won't be too long afterwards as well. Three years, they'll be uh, they'll be making headline <laughs> news as owning and running Hong Kong. Love to see 100%, it. Hundred percent, yeah. <laughs> right, mate. Let's uh, let's get into the action. Uh, let's start with the women. Portia Woodman Wycliffe scored a hat trick as New Zealand beat France thirty five nineteen in a dominant display, defending their Vancouver title and winning their first gold medal of the season. They were dominant all weekend, scoring thirty two tries and conceding just seven. Elsewhere, Canada claimed bronze, toppling Australia 19-14. And GB had a disappointing weekend, finishing 11th. Ireland also a disappointing weekend, finishing 9th. Much improved Spain, finishing 7th. And USA topped a pretty solid weekend to finish 5th. Thoughts on the women's tournament, Doc? Yeah, it's another fantastic one. Uh, there's quite a few decent stories in there that, that you've kind of alluded to. I guess the first one, how strange is it to say that New Zealand are winning their first title four tournaments in, like especially how they were last season. That's massive for them. So they've gone silver, bronze, uh, didn't medal in the last tournament, then gold. So maybe this is the start of their big run into the end of the season and into the Olympics in the summer. But there was a few big performances from them 
George Miller was incredible again. Uh, like you said, Porsche was just on fire throughout the tournament. Um, and it was really good to see Tyler King. Um, I felt last tournament she was maybe just finding her feet again after coming back from Rugby League. But she seemed in prime form again this tournament, just setting tries up, going herself. Uh, there was a great partnership uh, between her and Sheree. And they uh, they just looked so dangerous as a team. Looked like a vintage vintage Black, Black Ferns performance. Yeah, it was uh, pretty dominant for them. They've kind of not stuttered, but they've not had the best of starts. I think that's partly down to Australia being on such fine form. Uh, but they're really starting to hit their straps now and, and they're looking dom- dominant. And hopefully it sets us up for a, a nice run-in leading to the Olympics. But there were some big shocks on day one, day one weren't there, Doc? Yeah, so this Spain, probably the main one, beating GB women. Uh, I think the score was 19-12. So that's the first game that Spain have won in the group stages for the whole season. So that was that was awesome for her and uh, awesome to see. Uh, like we always say in the men's competition, the top teams can beat the, the middle and the top. Uh, and we're seeing that in the women's game as well with some of the results that are happening. So yeah, for, I don't want to take away from Spain. That was that was a fantastic uh, performance for them and they backed up a backed up a solid weekend uh they've obviously they're down at the they've been down at the bottom um and that helped massively getting them up into 10th position now out of 12 uh finishing with eight points in that tournament yeah they're still languishing 14 points adrift of gb who are in that final eighth position that doesn't avoid going into that relegation battle but again we also saw brazil uh they beat ireland for the first time 24 7 very disappointing weekend for ireland uh coming off the back of their first ever victory in perth they finished ninth they'll be very disappointed with that thoughts on them bit of a hangover perhaps potentially like to win a tournament take so much kind of physical and emotional effort that's obviously the first tournament that they've ever won they've been in the final before um and yeah i think you're spot on there just just a bit of a hangover a feel from from that tournament so they'll probably want to park that this weekend and then i i'm expecting a big kind of reaction from them come la next uh this weekend come in and yeah they they won't want to repeat repeat the repeat performance of this weekend just gone no i think they'll be vastly improved this weekend uh a word on australia because first time they've not medaled this season they lost two games across the weekend uh they lost out they to canada who won 1914 the bronze on canada as well they were vastly improved i thought they made some impressive defensive efforts to nullify australia especially in the wide channels and chrissy skirfield was a standout for me uh, across the two days so thoughts on those two teams yeah, so obviously a bit of a shock for Australia after how well they've gone with two golds and a silver. Um, so not to get a medal and finish fourth is obviously a shock to them. Um, that first loss to France, they just couldn't quite get away from France in terms of the scoreline. There were some incredible plays from France, like I thought Grassino was incredible. And yeah, they just didn't pull away far enough like we often see from Australia. So it let let the door open uh, for France to cl- uh, clinch at the end. Um, so Stefano, I thought she was amazing all weekend. Um, and I was actually quite shocked to not see her in the dream team. She seems to have missed out on that, which I thought was a strange call. And then the game against Canada. Canada had a fantastic tournament and 
and all the way from the group games up until that bronze medal match they were just phenomenal obviously you mentioned Scurfield then she looked phenomenal and I've always known she was quick and she had good feet on her but I think this tournament particularly in that game against Australia there was one where Madison Levi tries to chase her down and she's obviously seen as one of the fastest players in the women's uh, circuit and she she barely gets towards her um, and Scurfield just yeah had had three four tries which were like this where she got into a bit of space and just broke away so yeah maybe finding finding her form for the rest of the season but she looks so so dangerous obviously I think the home crowd helped watching the videos on TV you could hear every time Canada scored uh, particularly with how well the women did over the weekend the crowd seemed to be fully behind it and going crazy but yeah disappointing for Australia but I think both in that game against France and against Canada I, I did think they got outplayed uh, and uh, they they were well deserved the two wins definitely and yeah you touched on it Siofani incredible for France she was bagging try after try after try she's just a, such a fast tall rangy runner hard to get hold of and I think yeah she could count herself unlucky not to make the dream team is that still picked by fans how's that selected because it's it's always a random one that like there's only one France player in it there's two New Zealand players um, yeah, Siofani should have definitely been that. She was outstanding. And Portia Woodman, she's not made that either. So, Yeah, that's actually a good shot. I didn't even realise Portia wasn't in that. Yeah, I actually have no idea how that's picked anymore. I think World Rugby just does a random name generator, potentially. Not sure. Fair enough. In terms of the standings, it spiced things up a little bit. Australia still top, 72 points, closely followed by New Zealand on 66, France on 62, and then there's a bit of a jump between USA and Canada on 48, Ireland on 42, and Fiji 40, GB 26 in that last eighth position. They've got a bit of a six-point buffer over Brazil, who, like we said, vastly improved, uh, and then Spain, Japan, and South Africa filling up those spaces so it's all heating up not that it matters uh in terms of the who wants to win the actual tournament i think at this point in time it's more about that relegation battle and yeah after a disappointing weekend for gb after bronze in perth uh they'll be looking over their shoulder again and they're gonna need a big weekend this weekend in la aren't they yeah, that that's uh, obviously really disappointing for all of us fans who are supporting GB. They had a lot of the women's team who had maybe been injured earlier on in the season. And I think they were looking to give everybody a fair chance in the run up to the Olympics. So by the time the season's over, they have their one, they've stayed on the se- on the series. But two, they've also know exactly what their best squad is running into the Olympics. And there's been a few of the girls who've been out for a little while or they've been off doing 15s. Um, and they'll probably be a bit disappointed with how their first tournament went but a bit like we saw with the GB women at the start of the year they do need that little bit of time that little bit of backing so I'm hoping for a much better or sorry an improved performance going into LA from uh, these girls now who've got a tournament into their legs they're back to the understanding the pace of the game where they need to be how they can impact it in a positive way and we said how amazing it was that they got the bronze medal. It pushed them out of that relegation zone. This has just kind of pulled them back a little bit closer to Brazil. There's only six points in it now. I don't think they're necessarily in too much trouble, but they'll be disappointed that they didn't come away with kind of like a six or an eight pointer, which would have just kept adding, adding to that tally. Yeah, definitely. I think experience counts for everything. And sometimes when you have your first tournament, you're a little bit naive to it all and, and you're unaware of how everything works. And it's amazing, even just one tournament under your belt, how much more confident you feel, how much more understanding and appreciative of the pace 
and the demands of the game are. So I think, yeah, hopefully we'll see a, a vastly improved performance. But you, like you said, they will be looking over their shoulder. And I think for them, they need to make the quarterfinals in at least two of the next three just to guarantee that safety. Uh, three more tournaments remaining LA this weekend. So Pool A for LA is New Zealand, Fiji, Brazil, South Africa. Pool B, Australia, France, Ireland and Japan. And GB are in Pool C alongside USA, Canada and Spain. Any quick thoughts on those pools? Uh, it's hard to predict these days, but what are your thoughts? Yeah, hard to predict. I think GB will actually be quite happy uh, with the pool that they've ended up with. All three of the other teams, there are teams that they've had good games against and they can beat. And I think considering where they finish, they'll, yeah, they'll take that and, and look to attack it this weekend. Yeah, definitely. Again, uh, three equal groups there. So be interested to see how that one goes. We all know back-to-back weekends are much harder. The demands on the body, there's going to be tired legs, there's going to be very sore, sore limbs, especially after playing on that artificial Vancouver pitch. So we saw a lot of players covered in their little white strap in to protect themselves. And I think that'll be interesting to see how teams get themselves up for the second week of the tournament. 100%. Right, moving on to the men. Argentina produced a superb second-half performance to beat New Zealand 36-12. It's their third consecutive gold in Canada and their third row win in a row this season. Uh, slow first half, Matthias Osadzuk scored a hat-trick of tries and they are now 15 games unbeaten. New Zealand did start well, two tries in the first three minutes, but... That Argentinian juggernaut just got rolling in the second half and sort of steamrolled them away. Before we move on, let's talk about that final uh, and Argentina's performance over the weekend. Yeah, they um, obviously finished the tournament with a really impressive win over New Zealand who looked like they were backfiring and back concentrating on the series. But I, the, one of the, fir- the first <laughs> games... That's made me laugh. Yeah. <laughs> um, But Argentina did almost come undone against Canada in the very first game of the pool. Obviously, a home home team, anytime they get out in front of their home fans, I think they just become such a dangerous animal. And uh, Canada, for the majority of the game against Argentina in that first game of winning, before I think it was Iskro that snuck it at the end. Uh, There was an incredible try that was going around on socials where Phil Bernard pretty much face plants into the floor and just throws a quite a speculative offload akin to a Chris Knight watermelon, if you will, uh, which landed in uh, in another Canadian player's hands to score. And yeah, it's it, it's kind of highlighting sevens how easily someone's weekend could go from being a complete shambles to going on to win the cup title. So I think that was a good test for Argentina earlier on. And I think they showed their champion spirit in that first game just to stay calm, composed and sneak it at the end. And then after that, I don't want to say plain sailing, but they looked like the juggernaut just went into like third, fourth gear and just started steamrolling teams. And um, it would have sounded mental two, three years ago to say that Argentina were beating New Zealand in such convincing fashion in a final uh, in a sevens tournament and then yeah coming back to that final uh, Asad Zuk uh, with the hat trick um, we've said it before in previous podcasts like the star players like your Manette, your Iskro, your Gonzalez they often get the limelight um, so I really enjoyed seeing one of the forwards who puts in so much hard work for them getting the hat trick and a bit of credit in that final that being said from 1 to 13 they were incredible the whole weekend the amount of the amount of different players that score in their team or set up a try in their team is just 
like it's just bonkers um there must be some crazy stat there about how the tries are spread across a team like Argentina compared to other teams on the world series and yeah the amount of firepower they've got we've chatted about before is just ridiculous what were your uh, what were your thoughts on it yeah it was interesting we didn't really hear much about Manetta i mean Iskro again we didn't hear much of him Gonzalez was just the wrecking ball that he usually is but i think like the the, the distribution of wealth and riches amongst this squad and their ability to different players to step up in in circumstances Asad Zuck former rookie of the year this year he's been on the series for what seems like eternity now Fraga that just the forwards were immense and Wade um, I've not heard much yeah. of him before but he was incredible he made the dream team he was one of their other standout performers but yeah they seem to knock out rugby is when they seem to really turn it on you know you they may be slip up in the groups they've not lost yet but they're getting pushed close in the groups but that sort of day two and day three of a tournament is where they really turn it on it's where you need to turn it on really which is the most worrying thing is they don't really look like they're being tested that much in the knockout rugby i mean they blew usa away in that semi-final uh the scoreline sort of flattered usa with two late tries but yeah phenomenal for them and they're just this juggernaut which keeps keeps on rolling on New Zealand, like you said, focus clearly switched back to the series rather than the Olympics. Uh, they looked in fine form. Rocky Lissoa, incredible all weekend. Uh, some big, big milestones, which you'll probably talk about, Doc. But yeah, it's nice to see them back sort of competing where they belong, really. 100%. And I think you could almost just give Rocky Lissoa player of the year now. I think what he does is just phenomenal. And... I saw on one of the rugby pages I follow, and I cannot remember which one it was now, but they basically put up who is a player who is maximum skill and talent and like impact on the game, but with like the most minimum hype around them. And the first player that jumped in my head was Rock Lissoa. And I just don't think there is anywhere near enough hype around him just because he seems like quite a chilled out, laid back guy. But the tries he sets up, the tries he scores, his like goose step into his turn of speed, his passing, his kicking, I think he is just phenomenal. And yeah, like I said, there's obviously like the wealth of talent across loads of teams but I just think for or where I see uh where player of the year should be I feel like you could just give it give it to him straight away now thoughts on that very bold mate very bold I'm sure some of the Argentinians would have something to say about that but he is on a different level like you said his all-round game we've hyped him up a lot on this podcast we featured some of his clips but his just ability and attack to turn on a six-month accelerate step and not lose any speed he can unlock defences in an instant and he can also be that X-factor game changer which New Zealand need. And yeah, he he was their standout performer. But it was a nice mixture of sort of the old head stepping up and some of the young youngsters coming through. And yeah, they look 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 back to their sort of their sort of best. Obviously, come undone in that second half against Argentina, which is nothing against them. It's just the way Argentina are playing at the minute, isn't it? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, Curry, Dixon, like they all, all of the old guard, Joe Weber, they looked in fine form again. Um, It will be interesting to see post Olympics, like at some point, these slightly older players are going to have to move on. And I do want, we do see players coming into the New Zealand team, but I've yet to see a few players who are going to kind of fill some of these really key talisman roles within 
the New Zealand team. We see plenty of kind of the halfback centres and wings. I just wonder where some of these next forwards are going to come from who have been so destructive for New Zealand over the last decade, where they're coming from or whether they've identified them then. Knowing the All Blacks kind of set up, I assume they've, they've already had a thought about that. But I think that could be quite an interesting turn post-Olympics. Yeah, definitely. I think we'll we'll see some big names stepping down post Paris. Um, but I think some of these players have held the standard of the jersey so high and they've been so incredible for New Zealand Sevens over the past decade that it's going to be hard to fill that void. And the problem I think New Zealand Sevens have got, especially with the youngsters coming through, is they often come in for a few tournaments, but they don't stick around. Uh, they've obviously got aspirations to play Super Rugby, um, which is there's nothing wrong with that. Obviously, the game in New Zealand. Is huge, so it'll be about sort of seeing if they can secure some of this young talent that's coming through because they do have some standout performers, you know, the likes of Cook Savage, Cody Vai. There's some great players. It's where they stick around long enough to be the icons and the legends of the game, like the Mickelsons, like the Currys, like the Dixons, uh, and step up in that regard. So be very interesting to see. Yeah, no, hundred percent agree with you there. Right, bronze, strong second half of France uh, led to a 42-12 win over the USA and secured their highest finish of the season and a fine weekend in Vancouver for them. No slight on USA, who have vastly improved themselves. Uh, thoughts on that match and thoughts on both teams' performances over the weekend, Doc? Yeah, both teams had huge performances. Uh, they were down in kind of the seventh, eighth position. They both still are there. But with them getting, France getting 16 points with the bronze and USA getting 14, they've just made a decent 10 point gap between that next team Samoa in the in the first drop zone of the relegation or who's going to have to play the Challenger series. I thought both teams looked like they were starting to hit their straps. It's their best performances. Uh, as the year's gone on, we've spoken about France. They're kind of a sleeping giant. They've got the the Olympics coming in the summer. They seem spoilt for choice in terms of the players. Obviously, DuPont has come in and we'll get on and speak about him. But I thought this was one of the first tournaments where we were seeing kind of the depth of the squad. Uh, so someone like Jefferson Lee, Joseph, I thought he he had an incredible tournament. Seemed to be popping up everywhere, scoring incredible tries. Uh, and then Timo uh, was another great player for them they've obviously got the stalwarts the guys who have been around now for a year a year and a half but each one of these players that they seem to drip feed in just seems to make that French team a little bit stronger uh, and I wouldn't be surprised now if they go and back this up next week and, and maybe go one step further and get into that uh, cup final match did DuPont play this weekend I didn't hear much about that <laughs> God, well, the one the one good thing from Dupont playing is that they might give Harry McNulty a bit of a rest on social media now and stop stop milking him dry. But yeah, like yeah, let's talk let's talk about Dupont. Um, he came away with three tries, I think it was. He's got the yeah. bronze medal in his first tournament. He's made the dream team. A little bit of a slower start. He was mainly used off the bench before ending up starting a few of the games towards the end. Um, in all honesty, I think he had a brilliant first tournament. There must have been so much pressure on him. In his first couple of touches, I was getting a little bit annoyed because the commentators were saying like, how incredible was this little pop pass that he did? Or like he was the key to the try 
and someone else was definitely the key to the try for France. And I was a bit like, that's not showing him enough respect. There's a reason he's the best player in the world in 15s, uh, is that he is incredibly skillful, incredibly fit, incredibly quick. Let him get into his game a little bit more and then we'll start seeing why he's such a good player. And I definitely felt as the days went on and the tournaments went on and he got a little bit longer on the pitch, uh, this was where it, it started to happen for him. So there was a lovely try versus Oz. There was an in-out step round the side against a very good, very dogged Australian team. He obviously scored the game winner against Ireland in the quarterfinals, which was just great heads up rugby. Uh, and then the try that he scored against USA, just the speed off the tap, the run through the middle, the footwork, the strength. He just looks so quick, so sharp. And I was chuffed for him and I'm just buzzing in terms of sevens that a 15s player has come in and had this genuine impact and yeah I think the bronze medal within the team and and him making the dream team was probably well deserved and I'm just excited for LA this weekend now just to hopefully see him start a few more games and see how he now layers and adds on he was making me it was quite interesting to see a few times he was running those classic nine lines of kind of the corner flagging and a couple of times it really worked for him in the games and about a few times he was maybe just a little step or two ahead of the play but again he's got such a good rugby brain on him I just expect him to go from strength to strength now uh, in the last last couple of tournaments of the season building into the Olympics so brilliant first tournament I was buzzing for him and I think it's only only positive for sevens rugby what were your yeah, thoughts de- definitely mate you know very classy moments uh, he looked at home in that shortened format of the game like you said he's got such a high rugby IQ he's such a well-rounded player uh, commentators kept calling him the world rugby player of the year which he was a few years ago he's not I think that frustrated <laughs> a few people but there was arguably well you know there was a lot of hype around him for good reason and, and he did step up uh, obviously his minutes were limited they weren't going to throw him straight in the deep end uh, and have him start every match but you know, when he was on the field, he looked very comfortable. For me, the big things were, like you said, his rugby IQ, but he's so strong in the tackle. Uh, He's obviously keen to get going, but trying to bring him down, he's got that low centre of gravity. You know, he's very well balanced. The try against USA showed that, where he broke maybe two tackles. Yeah. And that that other individual try against Australia, again, you know, sort of the footwork, he palmed off Matty Gonzalez, who is the the jacked animal, as he's been described (laughs) uh, on this podcast. So, again, very dogged defender himself, and he got round him with ease. And, yeah, two assists versus the USA, again, where he's bringing other players into it. But yeah, he was incredible. But I don't think he was the main reason that France did so well. Obviously, I think the effect of him being in the team lifted the performance. Obviously, they wanted to step up. Uh, They they are that sleeping giant we talked about. I think having him in the team would have driven standards a lot higher. But I thought it was such an all-round performance from France. And I think... He deservedly got a lot of attention, but I think the France team in general deserves more plaudits for that all-round team performance. I thought some of their big pacey runners they got, you mentioned Jonathan Lee Joseph. Uh, I thought Jordan Seffer was incredible. And again, they didn't have Grandidier this weekend, who is another game changer for them. But they do look like a very well-balanced outfit now. They've got some big forwards. They've got a lot of pace and they've got a young talent. And I thought, yeah, they, they looked very good this weekend, especially around kickoffs. We saw some tries, you know, mm. some of the leaps from some of their players were incredible. But yeah, buzzing to see DuPont playing, buzzing to see him playing well. And I hope this weekend he starts a few games because uh, I think he will really step it up now. He's got his first tournament under his belt. 100%, yeah. He also got his first yellow card just to kind of complete the tournament. 
yeah. which is always good to see. And I thought he looked so comfortable in that sweeper role as well. Uh, it's going to take quite a bit of pace to get around him. And as as you mentioned, he's very strong. So he's tackling straight away. He's back to his feet, looking to jackal for the ball. So yeah, all round, well-rounded performance. But I agree with you. Um, France now across the board, forwards, backs. They look like they're, they're singing in unison. They look powerful on the edges. They've got the feet and the strength to go up the middle. Uh, and like we always say, whoever dominates kickoffs is going to dominate the scoreboard. So yeah, excited to see now how France hopefully kick on and, and really put their hat in the ring to be a contender come the end of the season and, and, and into the Olympics. Yeah, that yellow card, a little bit of a harsh lesson for him. It was just <laughs> instinctive, putting his hand out. And in, in 15s, he would have got away with that. But there's uh, zero tolerance in sevens and he was straight to the bin for two minutes. But yeah, I think that, you know, him coming into the side, it's just lifted France and they've been there or thereabouts. And I think, you know, he's that X factor, that sort of mercurial talent, which will drive standards and lift them even higher. So it'd be interesting to see how they go in USA this weekend. Uh, elsewhere, Great Britain took their best finish of the season. Uh, they beat Samoa 19-14 in the seventh place playoff. Uh, Australia's disappointing weekend was capped off with a 24-7 loss to South Africa. They finished 10th. Ireland shook off their narrow quarterfinal loss to France to beat Fiji 24-19 to finish 5th. And Canada, unfortunately, finished bottom of the bunch, losing to Spain 17-12. However, I would say that didn't reflect their performance across the weekend. They pushed Argentina and Fiji both close in the groups. And yeah, they'll be disappointed with that performance. Let's go back to Great Britain, Doc. Great, great weekend for them. Yeah, fantastic. So that's their best finish of the year and all started with an incredible day one. That group with South Africa, New Zealand, GB and Ireland was mental and probably the most crazy kind of like twists and turns in terms of who was going to qualify and points difference and everything that I think we've seen. They obviously beat Ireland in the final seconds of that first game. I think they've played five times now. That's the first time they've won all the games they've lost within two points. Uh, and that was a great heads up play and finish from Will Homer at the end to, to seal the victory for GB. Seemed to set them up real nicely for the rest of the group games. Uh, it was quite close against uh, South Africa and I, I managed to watch the whole of that game. And in all honesty, I think they should have won by two, three tries. They had plenty of chances in that first half where either the, they did kind of the three positive plays which set up the try and then it was either the last pass or the last kind of line of run um, or just like a silly kind of penalty like off your feet they kind of gave away to South Africa and, and let them kind of back in. But they were playing incredible attack. I think we mentioned a few podcasts ago, GB's main problem had been its go forward and they seem to have found the right balance now uh, with the players that they've got on the pitch. A lot comes through Harry Glover with his offloading ability, but they're making dense all all over the park now whether it's on the edge or in the middle and I think that is where we're starting to see the reward coming for GB rather than being static in attack it's this constant gain line that they're able to get they then can show off these players they've got a bit of physicality they've got feet and they've got plenty of speed within that team as well so yeah all seems to be clicking for them and I thought yeah fantastic fantastic weekend and uh, nice to see uh, Ross McCann wee man back uh, scoring in that extra time to uh, win that final game against Samoa that was uh, that was awesome yeah him and AJ good to see those two back and uh, yeah it's good to see them back playing well and obviously the two Welsh lads still lingering around good to see them putting in some good performances as well thoughts on the other teams obviously Ireland narrow loss to France 
that Dupont try, very heads up, scoring from the base of a scrum in the 22. They they shook that off to recover well against Fiji, didn't they? Yeah, I think they've obviously had a bronze medal in Perth and this is the same position they finished in Dubai. But if I was them, I think this might be the one that they could be the most happy with out of the other four tournaments because uh, I think it really shows kind of the metal and mental fortitude to where they've got to as a team now in that they can have probably not their best group and group stages over the first two days but they still had that kind of bottle and that desire to get themselves right up to fifth position and I think that just shows where they've got to as a team they're sitting in second uh, joint second now with Fiji on the series and I actually think even though they've not got a medal there I think that was a huge statement from Ireland it's the kind of behavior we're used to seeing from New Zealand where they qualify in second position in a group and still manage to finish high up on on the second and third days where it counts so yeah no i was i was impressed with ireland over the weekend yeah same i think obviously disappointing day one but and they were unlucky to lose to a very well drilled and you know on fire france outfit but yeah they'll be happy with where they finished and where they currently sit like you talked about there they joint second with fiji that's huge for them uh considering how well argentina are going they've got a huge you know 24 point buffer over second place so you know they're running away with it like not that it matters because we've got the showdown (laughs) in madrid but they've got three more tournaments now to sort of get their house in order potentially try and reach that final which they're looking for and get that that series win which uh they could easily do uh but yeah great great weekend for them yeah, 100%. Uh, looking at the table, uh, like I said, Argentina, huge 24-point buffer over Ireland and Fiji. It's down at the bottom where things are interesting. Uh, USA and France. France in 7th on 36th, USA in 8th on 30. They've got 10-point buffer over Samoa, who are down in ninth, lingering in that last position for the playoffs. They're on 20 points, followed by GB on 17, and Spain and Canada propping things up on 13 and 11. So bit of a gap opening up now there's going to need to be some really big performances from gb and samoa if they want to try and catch usa yeah 100 percent. like the key is getting yourself into that quarterfinal even if you do it via the third place qualifier but that gets you in the position to start trying to earn the bigger points and they could catch them within one tournament but i've got a feeling you're going to see quite a tussle between usa samoa and gb and then two of them are obviously going to stay down in that relegation zone with uh, Spain and Canada, I feel. Yeah, I think so. I think France are looking too classy. I think they might edge their way out of it. USA, obviously, home tournament this weekend. They'll want to back that up. They're looking good. So pools are Poulet, Argentina, Ireland, South Africa and Spain. Oh, that's a, that's another tough one. Pool yeah. B, hosts USA, New Zealand, Australia and Samoa. Again, that is absolutely brutal. And Pool C, France, Fiji, Great Britain and Canada, which I think Great Britain will be happy with that. I think so, yeah. After how they've gone that weekend, they've ended up with, like for them, they'll want to have either Spain or Canada in a pool. Uh, so ending up with Canada there, I think will be um, will be good for them. And then, yeah, see what they can do against Fiji and France. Like we didn't mention Fiji, but they looked in... Um, Again, kind of what they've done all season where they're just kind of like motoring along, not doing anything too crazy, taking a few big scalps over the weekend, but still yet to see like a vintage Fiji performance. I have a feeling they're probably saving it for Hong Kong like they do every year where they just turn it on and and win the big one. 
Yeah, I think so. Uh, what are your predictions for LA? We'll just quickly, you know, we both got, you said Argentina this week, you got it correct. I said France. Unlucky there. I think they were, you know, they were close, but no cigar. Um, yeah. New Zealand, so I, current, New Zealand current champions for the men. Who do you think is going to run away with that? Well, I want to get, I think I picked first last week and I ended up with the two right results with Argentina men, New Zealand women. So I feel like it's only fair to let, let you go first. Um, I think we will see. I oh, yeah, I should roll a dice in it. Now let's just go for. I reckon New Zealand will back it up. Are they gonna go again? Gonna go two in a row. So New Zealand women, New Zealand women, and New Zealand men. Oh wowza, going all black. Okay, I'm gonna go uh, Argentina men then, and uh, Australia women. Okay, like it. Love to see it. New Zealand men are current double champions. They won it in 2022 and 2023. So they're looking to go for three in a row for, for the men. Uh, women, well, it hasn't been held in the USA since 2019. So it'd be interesting to see how that goes. Yeah, it's probably worth mentioning. Do you remember the rain from last year at the LA7s for the men's tournament? And uh, loads of uh, videos of like Conroy particularly Every, anytime somebody hit the floor they skidded for a good 10 meters water going everywhere I just it made for great social media clips I just pray this doesn't happen again this year and it stays dry so we see lots of fast open rugby yeah hopefully and the, hopefully the crowds are good uh, touching finally on the Vancouver Sevens again crowds look good another great tournament there and Hopefully, long may it continue. Yeah, hopefully. I think uh, I'm just praying this is shown to World Rugby or at least whoever does a lot of the organising and backing of the Canada Sevens, they they give it another three, four years because the players love it, the fans love it, and uh, we just want to see it keep growing. Love to see it. Right, Doc, uh, what is this? Is This isn't Sevens this week. So this isn't Sevens. The only thing that I picked up, which I found really confusing, bar, say, some of the decisions on the Dream Team, but we know that's often a bit of a farce anyway. It was the weirdest yellow card I've ever seen in the Ireland versus France game. And I've watched it back a few times now, and I still can't work out why. I think was it... Uh, was it Jefferson Lee who got the yellow card and all he seemed to do was after the ball hit the floor dive on it and uh, it obviously ended up with a win for France with DuPont scoring uh, in that game but for me it was just one of those examples where I feel like a referee has far too big an impact on a game with a call like that and um, I don't know have you have you seen that clip do you know the one I'm talking about and do you have any yeah, thoughts were... or any insight on that? I, I still can't really work it out. Yeah, they went down to five men after that. And I know they were baffled in the commentary box. Uh, yeah, it, it was a strange one. Uh, they, it wasn't a yellow card, uh, like you said, though. It didn't ultimately have a huge impact on the game because France went on to win. But it could have been a reason why they lost. And we don't really want to see that in sevens. We want the games being decided by the incredible action on the field, not the decisions of referees. So... Yeah, it was a shame. Uh, it doesn't usually happen, but like you said, it has such a prominent impact in sevens than it does 15s, these decisions. So yeah, very strange one. Yeah, yeah, it was, uh, was a strange one anyway. Uh, moving on to this is sevens. Uh, so we always had Spain winning their first group game of the season. Uh, we had then a couple of milestones. For the first one was 100 tries for Sam Dixon. He's been such a stalwart for New Zealand and the All Blacks that everybody knows what he's about. And uh, anytime you reach a milestone, that's awesome to see. 
the two people though that are going to share this is sevens this week goes to two 50 tournament milestoners the first is charlotte castlick for australia hitting 50 tournaments and joe weber who hit 50 tournaments for the all blacks and then doubled down and hit his 100 try 100th try um which actually found it strange that he scored that's his 100th try i feel like he scored way more every tournament i've seen him play and he always seems to be dotting over um but yeah this week it goes to joe weber and charlotte caslick probably need to give a big shout out to charlotte for that obviously this is the first year we've had the amalgamation of the men's and the women's series traditionally the women have had far less opportunity to play in tournaments i just think that speaks to how long and how well caslick has played over such a long period that she's now hitting 50 tournaments um which is yeah fantastic achievement yeah congratulations to both of them i think the reason why you think joe weber has scored more probably because he just kept smashing us every time we played us so (laughs) yeah he scored quite a few against us yeah, that, that step and mullet, he often saw that chasing back. So, yeah, and Catholic, incredible. She's uh, She is the poster girl for Australia 7. She can do it all. She is their leader, incredible all-round athlete, and, uh, yeah, deserved of her to hit 50 tournaments. Um, yeah, that rounds up the pod for this week. Obviously, we have the LA7s this weekend, so we'll be back next week to review that. Hopefully, we'll be able to get McNutt's on the pod very elusive these days but again appreciate you listening if you can give us a five-star review we would be very grateful wherever you get your podcasts but until next week so long